Welcome back to the Underground Sessions. I don't know why I said that so weird. I'm your host, Dylan Federici. I'm here with Christian Chavez. Hello. And Michael Spank. What's going on, everybody? We have a doozy for you today. Um, great interview with a man who has put more dip switches and knobs on guitar pedals than anyone would ever think possible. <laughs> a true guitar tone wizard. If you uh, didn't know what a dip switch was, you're about to find yeah, you're out. Yeah. Find out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, super cool conversation with uh, Joel Cordy from Chase Bliss Audio, um, who does some of the coolest stuff in the guitar effects realm right now. He also uh, runs Chase Bliss Records, um, has his own band that he he plays some shows with. He's a busy with. guy. He's a busy guy. Yeah. Um, man of many talents. Man of many talents for sure. Um, really cool conversation. It was a blast talking to him, and uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So, uh, without further ado, enjoy. Yeah. I want you to know the power of the underground. You just press down on this lever with your thumb, and then. For our fans who don't really uh, play music or really follow the pedal scene, because we got a couple guys that we know that only use like one pedal and we're trying to change that about them. Um, can you give us a, like a brief history of like the, uh, the starting of chase bliss? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I started playing guitar at, a, at an age where I think is pretty common. Oh, uh, I should, I should start out by saying before I get into it, that I got hurt. So uh, sometimes when you hear uh, <laughs> stuttering like that, it, it can especially sound kind of strange when you know that it's just over like a podcast or whatever. But uh, um, that's just what happened. And it's just the way the the way that I speak. Yeah, no worries. Um, Awesome. Sometimes I just sometimes it's just easier. It feels like to say that uh, at the beginning of a podcast rather than in the middle of it, uh, so that hopefully people are listening to what I'm saying rather than how I'm saying it. You know? Yeah, I got um, you. But anyway, um, so I, I started playing guitar when I was 15, and uh, at first I, I I didn't really get into guitar effects pedals but I, I got really into recording and uh working on my and uh using sorry about that um no worries. and uh using plugins um and all that fun stuff and then i, so I just started experimenting getting interested into effects um and you know, wasn't really sure what I wanted to study in college, so I started to write emails to some of my favorite companies who, um, who uh, well, at that point, really, it was the outboard gear that I was using when I was recording that sort of, something about the hardware was interesting for me. Yeah, I got you. And, yeah, and so I emailed some of my favorite companies. I'm like, what do you need to know to be able to, to design this stuff because it seems like it would be fun. And, and they, they wrote me back and, and they said electrical engineering. So I, I changed my major to that. 
And um, I wasn't a very good student in college, but, <laughs> um, you know, I got I got just real, real interested in audio. And um, eventually, uh, after I graduated, started working for this guitar pedal company called Z-Bex. And that's where I really learned um, the ropes. You know, uh, the owner of that company is this guy named Zach Vex. And I worked there for five years and just learned a lot about guitar pedals. I obsessed with guitar pedals, started using them all the time in my bands. And um, then in 2013, um, just decided I was ready to start my own thing. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm a huge pedal nerd, um, and I think the gear nerdery goes down in levels with, like, like Christian kind of gets it, and Mike's, like, a very simple couple pedals thing. I've been trying to corrupt him for years and use different stuff, but, uh, <laughs> so, like... that's cool. It never works, you know? Yeah, but um, one of the things that I've always loved about your effects is, like, there's so many options to kind of push the envelope with your tone, and, I mean, that's really what I love about pedals is that I can make crazy noises. So um, where did you kind of get the idea to like push the envelope and start adding, you know, dip switches and, you know, crazy amounts of knobs and you can blend this with that. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think when I started in 2013 with my own company is that at that time in 2013, there was, there was pedal companies everywhere. It was kind of Exploding, um, and you know, everyone was starting a pedal company to the point where, like, I remember telling people I was going to start a guitar pedal company, and they would just laugh, you know, because um, it's like everybody's starting a pedal company. Yeah, I know. Um, so what I wanted to do is really try to do some stuff that wasn't that you know wasn't typical, and so you would see see a lot of companies that were doing all clones of you know famous designs and so I didn't want to do clones because uh, it didn't interest me but then also I didn't want to um, I wanted I wanted to really push the envelope as far as control and specifically especially when I started um, the digital control of analog technology um, so that that was really kind of my wheelhouse and what, what also what I was interested in and then over the years that as the company has grown and uh, we've done a lot of collaborations and I've met more and more uh, people who are like-minded as obsessed with guitar pedals as I am. And, you know, similarly trying to uh, think about designs and and uh new guitar pedals that are really uh out there and different um and i think that that is one of the reasons why the company has been successful is for just you, you know when we come out with something it's usually um it, it it's usually something that hasn't really been seen before in some way um, and so I think people that kind of resonates, you know, with people that want, want something unique in their, in their sound. Yeah, I get that totally. Um, cause I know like 
at least when I'm looking, I'm like, okay, I want an overdrive pedal. And it's like, well, all these are tube screamers. So like I just kind of, you know, that's, you know, several years ago, I found your stuff because I was like, I need something that's like an original design, something that I want to um, figure out myself. Yeah, yeah for it, sure. And, and, and the, uh, you know, the tube screener is, is an awesome pedal. There's a reason why it's been so successful. It, it does a thing really well. But to me, it's like, well, there's so many of them out there and there's so many clones that it's like, why why just try to copy that, you know? Yeah, and, and this is Michael here. And, I, and it was kind of interesting because I did have a question kind of queued up where I was just interested to see how you guys market uh, pedals because sonic preferences are so specific. Um, it's kind of like craft beer. There's a bunch of different recipes for an IPA, so there's like so many different flavors out there. So it's interesting to see yeah. like how you're able to uh, establish a successful business, but also be different because sometimes you go too far on the spectrum. You know, it doesn't have as many numbers per se that'll have that like uh, need or want. Yeah, I mean, yeah. As far as the marketing is concerned, I got really, I've gotten really lucky in a lot of things, to be honest. Um, so when I started out and the, the first pedal that, that I came out with was this first version of the, of, uh, this pedal called warped vinyl. And it's supposed to emulate the sound of like a broken warbly record. And, and when I was, when I was ready to start to sell it, I made a little, uh, I made a little demo video on my iPhone, you know, it was a few minutes long and, uh, you know, I set it up for sale and I think I got a, like one or two orders. And I started, I started to see though, that people were talking about it on, um, on forums. And so I was responding to that. And, you know, people at that time, even in 2013, like I said, there's a lot of pedal companies coming out. So their people were skeptical, but they could see that uh, with my pedal work vinyl, there, it wasn't just kind of a run of the mill clone type of situation. Like it, it was something that whether you were into it or not, it clearly, you know, took, took some time to engineer. And, and so I got in this situation where, uh, a lot of people were asking for more videos explaining how it works. And, and I, I realized pretty quickly that I was the one that was going to have to do that because, um, because no one else knew how it worked. And so I was really lucky. One of my best friends, uh, worked in a TV studio. So I was able to like go in there at night and we filmed some demo videos and of, of, of course, I started, so I was a little worried about that, but I was in a good place with it at the time. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't uh, too, uh, you know, I wasn't ashamed of it at that point in my life. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, well, it's, 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 it's yeah. hard to be different. But I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that all that stuff really helped me because I think um, – people who took a chance on the company early on were like, Oh, here's this guy. And he's, you know, just trying to do his thing. You know, the company's called Chase. And he's, uh, he's worked really hard on this weird pedal and he put himself out there and trying to explain to people how it works. And I, I think that's kind of always been marketing approach 
uh, is that, you know, I'm just a guy and I'm trying my best. And, and, uh, and it, it, you know, I've always tried to like, um, approach conversations with, with customers and, um, you know, whether it's, it's stores or, or, or podcasts or media or whatever with, with just this, this place of authenticity and honesty that I, I think, I think that what people have liked and, um, and that's kind of in the marketing. Yeah. And I yeah. think, and I think too, you created interest too. They're like, what is this? So then they dive into it and then they get hooked on it because there's like, Oh man, like you can do all this, all this Sonic stuff. Like, well, and then like the YouTube series and stuff we were talking, uh, me and Christian, like, went down the rabbit hole of watching all the old, like the analog heart series, which I think you should bring back because they were hilarious. Um, I, I binged all two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> but it was great. But that yeah. kind of uh, authenticity and humor and stuff kind of brings uh, more light to the, the company. I feel like. Yeah. That's funny. Cause I'm, I'm a little ambivalent about those. Cause on one hand, like, you know, that's the quickest way to my heart. You say in that, that you like analog art. I was like, Oh, I already love this guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> they're also like pretty dumb, you know, but uh, you'll be happy to know that we are, uh, we're filming analog heart season three. Yeah. Yes. Sweet. Is the, uh, is the rodeo pedal going to be released? Cause I'll, I'll buy one. <laughs> I might have to have, yeah, I'm going to have to mention the, <laughs> the rodeo yeah, right, right now there's no plan but uh i will I, I will make a note all right perfect well, you know you have a guaranteed sale <laughs> oh i love it man that's, that's that's great but the analog series uh analog heart was so good where usually we get high profile um people such as yourself i mean we were super excited to talk to you and a lot of times we're super nervous because it's, it's a cool conversation to have, but it's also you're a really interesting person to talk to. But the, I watched the analog series, and you're like such a nice, approachable person. Like that that series really shows the personality of your company. Also, well, thanks, man. Yeah, I think I think that I think you hit the nail on the head. For you know, for better or for worse, I don't think too highly of myself. Um, do we? I just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, that can be a good thing or a bad thing, but I think, I think that that's how a lot of people are is they, they, um, they relate to somebody that is not pretending to know everything or to be, um, you know, this, this person with like this secret knowledge for, for, uh, you know, they, you go back to through like the history of guitar pedals and stuff like that, people make all sorts of outlandish claims about certain, you know, magical parts and things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I feel that circuit for the first time because I, I kind of didn't get it. You know, um, it, it sounds good. I like it. It's great pedal, but but I remember I I, I made this switch that like switched between like all the diodes that were sort of, uh, um, you know, I was interested. I just wanted to hear the difference. And, and a lot of the time it's, 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 it's almost imperceptible, but so that I don't really, I don't really get too into that sort of stuff. Well, the mythology of it, you know, people think that just cause it's rare and you know, whatever, and 
<laughs> there's all this mystique around it. There's some special sauce in it. And it's like, well, everybody has made a version of it at this point, you know? Yeah, and like, but, you know, it's just one of those things too, where it's just like, you know, like whether the people die, but the legend still lives, Yeah, you know, it's like the same, yeah. you know, it creates a mystique, which, you know, makes some mysterious tone, you know, that may or may not be there. It's just what people think they hear. Yeah. And I, I actually, you know, I love the lore of it, you know, and, and the, I, 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 it's interesting. It makes it fun that there's mythology and stories and things like that. So it's not like I'm, I'm negative about it necessarily. I just, uh, I, I, get, I just don't like that marketing. If, but I don't, actually, the thing, the interesting thing about the Klan Centaur is that, to my knowledge, you know, the guy that that uh, owns owns the company, Bill. And again, he, he was never really like that. It was yeah. kind of everyone else that sort of created the, you know, the hype and everything, and he's—I don't know if he's ever been real comfortable with with it. You so know, was it an accidental hype? Yeah. Well, he did the the KTR too, right? And he put like I don't remember the quote that was on the front of it, but it was like something like the legend of whatever is not of my own making or something like that. Yeah. Which which is funny because it's like okay, yeah. So if I type in on KTR. Right now, and, and like, there's all all these titles, and they're going for like nine hundred dollars because they're going to get built. up to centaur prices at some point. <laughs> that that then that's supposed to be the affordable version, but it's you know he's never able to make enough of them, um, which is which is you know so cool, and and but yeah, on the front, but this is the marketing in a way. It just says kindly remember the ridiculous hype that offends so many is not of my making. <laughs> Which it's funny. But that's kind of cool marketing in a way. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, it's kind of funny though that you you we ended up on that topic because I feel like um, the Chase Bliss stuff almost has that kind of uh, aura around it. At least by where we're at in Chicago, is it's like if somewhere's got one and they don't have it for very long, and so it's like you talk to guys at a guitar shop and they're like, "Oh, did you play that?" Did you play a dark world? How, how was it? What was it like? You know, and it's like, yeah, it sounded really good. <laughs> but, well, for me this week, I, I was, I, I love the Gravitas. That one like really caught my eye and there's nowhere around here that has one. I just want to go see one. But yeah, it's, to it's me, it's like they, the unicorn. Around they don't here. exist here. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's weird because I, obviously that, that hype and stuff is like, is really helpful because, you know, as a, as a company, you want to be able to sell the stuff that you make, but, uh, there is kind of, you know, it does make me, I, it does make me uncomfortable that basically we are, we're so far behind on orders, um, that, that it's just, that's just what's happening right now. And I, I don't think it'll, it will be like that a year from now. Uh, but because we're, you know, we're trying to make, <laughs> make pedals, uh, but, but yeah, that's kind of where it's at right now. So are you battling with that? You can grow bigger, but it might not be the same company. Like you'd rather stay how you are and, and then try and catch up to the demand. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I want to, I don't want to mess it up, you know? So right. I, 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 I try to look at like, well, why, why, why are people, 
signing our stuff and and um and also i always just kind of uh look within too like well what if i want a guitar pedal i think well geez why do i want it you know what is it about it that that is that is uh interesting for me um and and yeah so it's it's, it's just especially right now with you know all the manufacturing issues uh that we have covid um uh, those are going away now, but now there's this huge part shortage that uh, that is crazy, um, and that's all over the world. It's not just guitar pedals; it's, it's yeah, you know, everything going on. We're right talking now, about the yeah. chip shortage. Yeah, <laughs> the chip shortage is infamous anything, now. Yeah, yeah. If you make anything relatively complicated, uh, you're you know, you're basically one part away. If you can't find that hard and if it's important and you can't get a suitable replacement you can't make a thing you know which how does that that work because i know your new series the automaton series and stuff like that is like pretty complex is that is that hurting you with manufacturing that or yeah that one actually the uh, uh, automaton pedals we've been we've been able to keep up on a bit more actually than than some of the other ones but uh the ones that we've uh been especially behind on is uh, analog delay pedal we make called Ferme. That one's been real challenging. And then also Tonal Recall, which is our other analog delay. Um, and those ones have been tricky. But everything, everything, it's, it's just, it's the lead times on parts have ex- exploded. So, so maybe a couple of years ago or a year ago, you know, you would look for a Part, lots of distributors would have them in stock. You could just get it right away. But even if they didn't have it, you could count on uh, being able to get a thing in like eight to 12 weeks. It's kind of the, you know, like three months. If you plan three months in advance, you'd be able to get all your parts. But nowadays, it's like there's stuff that the lead time is like a year. It's that's, just wild. That's insane. Well, that's what we were talking to. Uh... One of the local guitar shops over here that uh, Mike and I shop at, and he was saying like they have orders that they're like we can't even guarantee we're gonna feel this like for guitars. They're like we can't even guarantee you that you'll get it in the next two years. Like that makes me feel better actually because I feel like I don't know. Sometimes I think we get so much heat from dealers or or customers, whoever. We, we we've had a few stores that. That basically emailed us and are like f off like we're you can't if you can't promise a delivery date on an order and we're basically like well we can't um they're like we don't want to work with you and it's like okay that's fine <laughs> yeah, have it your way <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's their loss in the end right? yeah i mean yeah especially i mean at least from my experience around here is it's like i'll see something pop up on line used whatever and i'll be like i gotta get there see if they have it in stock and i'll get there no we sold it this morning all right fine, yeah. you know <laughs> how about the uh gravitas are, the, are you still pushing those out okay <laughs> just christian's just no no just yeah, curious just curious because <laughs> i'm, I'm yeah, still saving one. up for one <laughs> that one the circuit design is i mean everything we make is relatively complicated but um that that is one where uh it's it's a bit easier to make, but okay. but um, like the signal 
pathway. There's a special part, but um, and that's kind of by design, you know, too. But um, but yeah, it's 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 uh, a challenge no matter what these days. Okay, then I'll I'll keep saving up and looking out for one. <laughs> He'll just keep refreshing the website. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from uh, designing the pedals and stuff, like you have uh, your own band too, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're actually just kind of getting uh, getting back. We started practicing again a few months ago, and that's been that's been super fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I went down the uh, rabbit hole of looking at all the stuff on the the Chase Bliss records, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, and I saw, I was like, oh, lead guitarist Joel Joel Cordy. Okay, let me go check this out. And it's like, obviously, the guitar tone is immaculate, <laughs> but um, you know, as a as a guitarist alone, where where did your inspirations kind of come from? Ooh, good question. Um, I think. Um, you know, because I'm not. It, it, however, however, um, these things work as far as like talented guitarists and stuff like that. I'm I'm not one of them. I don't. Um, I would I would like to become better, but you know, sometimes sometimes it's hard to to find time to practice and stuff like that. But um, I think. Where the light bulb kind of, uh, it's going to sound so weird. Maybe it won't at all. Uh, (laughs) light bulb started turning on for me when I was in college and I started to listen to, um, uh, explosions in the sky. And the, I found that a lot of the guitar parts were really evocative, but they were pretty simple to play for me. I could, I shouldn't say simple, but like I could learn how to play them. And it was more about, um, it wasn't necessarily about like technical proficiency all the time, at least for a lot of the songs that were memorable for me. And I think that I was like, well, I could write parts like that. And then I kind of started to. Well, that's what I know early on into me, uh, playing guitar, it was kind of the same thing with, like the early Red Hot Chili Pepper stuff, I was like, I was like their sound is awesome. And then like all of a sudden I was like, oh, like this isn't difficult. It's more about how he plays it than, you know, oh, what yeah. he's playing, you know? So that, that to me was a big revelation as a guitarist is that like it's not necessarily always how fast you can play or what how many notes you can play was, you know, the inflection of it makes a big difference as yeah, well. the feel, the end goal. Yeah, and I think there's always that temptation, um, you know, when you're writing a part or something where you're like, oh, I want to I want to challenge myself. But I've, I've tried to just take that ego out of it. And and again, like I'm, I'm, you know, not a great guitar player, or maybe even a good guitar player, but I, I like it. And I, you know, sometimes all you need to do is just play one note. And yeah. and that's that's all you need or maybe don't play at all for like the part. You know? <laughs> um, so, so I think that once I started kind of wrapping my head around that approach and philosophy and, and just, you know, it's okay to be yourself and uh, write parts that you can play and that, that sound good in the song um, and just have fun. Well, what's interesting for you is that you also have the ability to make 
tones that don't sound like anyone else, which is almost like having a second yeah. instrument. So do you, uh, do you outfit your whole band with pedals or do you want to like specifically you withheld them? So like you have the better tone in the band and you stand out. <laughs> more. No, they definitely all have from the chaseless pedals. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. They, it's, 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 it's kind of a free for all, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, if we're ever ever out your way, we uh, we gotta do one of our live session videos with with your band as well. That would be super cool. Yeah, I mean, we do try to uh, uh, it, um, I I really enjoy playing shows out of town, and we do we do get to Chicago every once in a while Ooh. because um, uh, one of my best friends actually is in the band uh, Local H. He's uh, the drummer, and um, and so they're you know out of Chicago. And actually, at one of the last shows we played, we opened up for them at uh, Liars Club. Uh, and that that was a couple of years ago now, though. But um, but yeah, we do get to Chicago every once in a while. Local Age did recently play, I think. Did they? I think I didn't see anything. I think about to go on another big. Well, they were in the middle of a big tour with. Full asylum, and then COVID hit, and then they had to cancel it. And I think they're kind of like starting to do that again. Yeah, uh, Dylan and I were at a guitar shop a couple weeks ago, and we met a guy who's a huge fan of Local H. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and he was saying he uh, two weeks ago he went into the city and saw them at uh, some small. Yeah, I can't remember uh, the venue, bar. but yeah, yeah. yeah but they, yeah, they mean, were playing. They still, uh, uh, you know, of course I I'm super bias because my friend um my friends in the band but uh they they put out great records you know obviously you know they're known for uh a lot of people have heard of them before because you know they had the big hit in the 90s but they've uh, and my friend wasn't in the band then um <laughs> he's, he's he's the third drummer that local H has had is it and, like uh, a, a Spinal Tap situation where like drummers are spontaneously combusting? <laughs> or is it... <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's just two people. It's just uh, Scott Lucas who does, you know, he's like, you know, the main songwriter. He's got a really cool rig, actually. I've got him. Uh, I've got him kind of addicted to Chase Bliss pedals now, but that's fair. Um, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, he's got this really cool setup where um he has a bass pickup in his guitar and then so he runs that to a bass amp and then he has and then he has a stereo setup that he uses and just you know full spectrum of sound and lots of flexibility just because he's the only guitar player you know so it really there's a lot of uh and they they sound huge so the the uh he's got a lot of uh flexibility and and making crazy sounds that's right up my alley i didn't know that i gotta look more into his rig because that is uh <laughs> like exactly the type of things i like to do is put weird pickups in my guitar oh, really? and wire it weird and do all that kind of stuff yeah i've been trying to figure out how to modify my telecaster for the nine thousandth time again um, <laughs> What you have because it's you've drilled it out plenty of times. Oh yeah, I, I don't know if there's any. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know where else I can put more pickups, but we'll figure it out. 
<laughs> I, I like your style. <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously your your friend is in local H, but so is there ever like an artist that you made a pedal for or sold a pedal to or ran into that you were just like, oh shit, I made it. <laughs> like, you know, like, was there ever like kind of that moment where you're like, oh, this is like no joke now? Oh man, it's happened a few times. And like, again, like, you know, I, <laughs> just a guy that doesn't, you know, most of the time <laughs> it's like kind of depressed and <laughs> things that suck, you know, but, but I have had a lot of cool things happen. I mean, one thing that, that comes to mind is that I've gotten to be friends with like Ed O'Brien from Radiohead. Um, and, uh, just a small flex. Time, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I mean, that's, but yeah, I mean, I just like the, the last time they were on tour, they didn't come to Minneapolis. They played in Chicago again, in Chicago. And so, um, Ed was like, you should come to Chicago and we'll, you know, hang out. And I was like, I didn't even fucking think it was real. Like, I, it, not, not until like I got the ticket and it was, you know, uh, like, you know, backstage pass or whatever. I was like, okay, I guess I was talking to Ed O'Brien full time. <laughs> this wasn't a scam that, call. Okay. Yeah, that was for real. And it was funny cause I, we were, I took my friend with me and, um, we were talking for a while and I was just like so excited and like just a mile a minute and saying all this stuff. And then he, he uh, went to talk to someone else. Uh, someone else needed to talk to him. And then my friend was like, Hey man, uh, just, you know, settle down a little bit. You know, <laughs> was like, okay. that's a good friend. Yeah, there you go. uh, he came back, but it's funny cause he, uh, I have two kids and, uh, he, he also has two kids. So we, we talked a lot about just fatherhood rather than, you know, guitar stuff. But, um, that, that was a huge one. And then, um, um, I, I got to, to meet John Lear with my wife. Like that was just outrageous. And, uh, also I'm a big Wilco, Wilco fan. I get Chicago. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> I, I'm a huge Wilco fan. So, you know, we, we all watched the pedal movie and, you know, um, he was talking about, uh, why can I not think of his name? The guitarist for Wilco. Oh, no, it's fine. There we go. Okay, thank you. I don't know why my brain stopped working there. Dude, um, that happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm, a, I'm a huge Wilco fan. Um, you know, my dad showed him to me when I was a little kid, and, like, I've been a huge Wilco fan ever since. And so, like, hearing him talk about, like, the, the pedals that you make and stuff like that in the pedal movie was super cool. You got the see live like, too, didn't you? Yeah, I saw the Wilco at the Chicago Theater. That was an insanely good show. Awesome. He he is like genuinely one of the nicest humans I've ever met too. And same with Ed. Same with Ed. Um, and I have uh, I've never hung out or like talked to Jeff, but um, he's he's now uh, gotten really into um, both of the automaton pedals. Really, really fun as well. I mean, if you want to send uh, Wilco our way to record an episode <laughs> with us, that would be super cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'm a big fan I, of Jeff Tweedy as well, like the solo stuff he does, and um, I, obviously stuff. I could probably, I could probably twist Nils' arm, but um, but yeah, I just don't don't have that kind of relationship with Jeff yet. 
Maybe someday. We'll take any arm twisting we can get. Yeah, anything. <laughs> we're good. You know, just let, let us know. Um, but but it, it seems like you come to Chicago quite a bit. You know, well, I mean, it's pretty close to Minneapolis, and, you know, my friend Ryan is there, and uh, I love Chicago, and it's, it's also just, it's kind of the perfect out-of-town show to play, you know, where you kind of, I like to do this thing every once in a while where, um, you know, I was never um, a guy that, like, went on tour um, or any, you know, I was never in a band like that besides just, you know, weekend things now and again but but i think it's really fun to kind of you know kind of pretend you're in you're in, you're you know you're on tour even though you kind of are you're not but you're not and then yeah. and then just go back to your regular life after like a couple of days you know because if, if you were on you know a real tour you couldn't get like you know super, on tour. yeah um you you know you couldn't you know, you couldn't be like hungover every day, or maybe you can. I mean, we've, we've met people that tons. Can. Of, yeah, a lot of rock stars yeah. have proven that over the years. <laughs> yeah, right. Doesn't that doesn't that just seem unpleasant? It does you're yeah, right? I, yeah. Should we call TJ and ask him? <laughs> um, some people can do it. Yeah, some I, people can. I don't us. understand that lifestyle. I, like, we go out too late one night, and I'm like, dude, I'm, I stayed out past 1030. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> Had a um, couple too many beers. Yeah. Tomorrow's going to be a chill night, yeah. a chill day. <laughs> oh, that's pretty much where I'm at at this point in my life. But then, you know, you kind of see that where, uh, you know, guys that have been on the road a lot, uh, you know, maybe they're a little crazier when they're younger, but then as they get older, it's like they're, they're like trying to find a place to do yoga and eat a salad. And, you know, they're trying their best to take care of themselves because they know that if they don't, it's going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure their doctors told them that as well. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, yeah, because I was just watching a video on the black keys and uh, they're talking about how Patrick Carney had PTSD from going on tour. And they needed really? a long deserved yeah, break. Like, oh, a, wow. like a mental breakdown kind yeah. of thing? Not a, not a mental breakdown, but it was it was he, too he much. just needed to take some yeah. time, yeah. That's uh, fair. I mean, it's not surprising, but, I mean, you, you know, it's interesting sometimes how you think about other people's lives and how, you know, you think, well, this person must must be so wonderful for them. And, and then, I don't know, you just get older and it's like, man, uh, Everyone has their own stuff they deal with, you know, and you just never know what someone is, what kind of stuff is going on in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so talk to us a little bit about Chase Bliss Records, because I know I saw you pressing a few albums to vinyl. Are you guys doing that like in-house or do you have somewhere that you, is pressing stuff for you? This is the vinyl nerds in us. Yeah, we are also all huge vinyl nerds. So we saw vinyl records on your website and we were like, all right, this is. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm. I, uh, uh, if, if anybody needs, you know, 500 copies of, of my band from 10 years ago, the album, you know, just let me know because we'll I have three. them. I mean, we'll take three <laughs> for sure, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what we'll do with the other 497. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that, uh, I will, well, actually it was before. Yeah. It was, uh, I think in 2008, um, I put out, or I had a few records, and I didn't have any money, so these ones weren't vinyl, but uh, 
like, well, I'm gonna, I don't, I'm gonna start a record label and like learned about it on the internet and, um, and then I was just, you know, just kind of just like a fun hobby and it still is. And then at some point I thought, well, you know, I could kind of integrate this into Faithless Audio and uh, I can help out some bands that I like, um, or, or like, it's not even that. It's not even bands that I like. It's either bands that I'm in or, I, like there's some reason I have some connections and it just works out. So that's happened a few times, but it's, it's interesting because most people think it's, it's, uh, it's more impressive than it is, but, but it's really not. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I met a guy through a friend, uh, maybe like five, six years ago who, who owns his own vinyl pressing company in Florida. So I just work with him. Oh, very uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we were excited to learn they just put it. Uh, someone just built a vinyl pressing plant here in Chicago. So, and they're oh, really backed up. Yeah, they're they're backed up. Uh, what did a what year? did we say? Like a year or something like that. Um, I've yeah. heard crazy. Right? Why? What? What's the reason with that? Like, why? Why? Why are vinyl places still backed up right now? I'm assuming just the amount of people who resurgence. Well, I think the amount of people writing music during the pandemic, right? Like they had no choice but to sit in their house and write music. Um, yeah. yeah, it and, could also be like the actual raw material. Yeah, well. the raw material shortage as well. I mean, that's all just speculation. That's what my first yeah. thought would be. But because um, I mean, I know we some of the guys we've had on the show, um, they talked about you know their experiences during the pandemic was like, yeah, I just sat at home and wrote every day, and you know, even if they weren't all great songs, I I wrote them down and I I figured out the music, and now they're recording albums right now. So yeah. Yeah, I, and I think that, I mean, we, we, we were one of the really lucky industries where, you know, our sales increased during the pandemic. Obviously, at the beginning of it, nobody knew what was going to happen, but it makes sense. In retrospect, you know, people were at home and, and they thought, well, maybe I'll buy a weird guitar pedal, you know, and we happen to sell weird guitar pedals. So exactly out. why I love your company. <laughs> <laughs> Put the word weird in front of anything and Dylan's on board. I'm in. Pretty much. <laughs> I like I like pushing the, the limits with music, you know? It's it's what makes it interesting. Yeah. Now speaking of and some of the just like oh, weird happy accidents. There's just like weird happy accidents that happen that, you know, wouldn't happen if you weren't if you were, if you weren't trying to do weird stuff, you know. Yeah. And I mean, is there like an interesting story or like a special story with one of the pedals in your lineup? Like like the creation Oh, um, I mean, every, every pedal kind of has a crazy story in a way, but, um, trying to think of the most interesting one. Well, what, what's your favorite uh, crazy pedal story? Or is that asking like, what's your favorite kid? Yeah. Like, can you not answer <laughs> that question? Um, I think, well, I've kind of approached it that I like to, well, I think if, 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 if just to answer it objectively and to be honest, the uh, development process for Blooper was uh, the most challenging, but also very rewarding. Um, so th this was a pedal that we collaborated with. Um, um, you guys are, I'm sure you're familiar with knobs on YouTube. Absolutely. Love their reviews. So good. Yeah. And so, 
I I discovered him in maybe like 2014 or something. He he uh, made a video for the Montreal Assembly Count to Five, and it was so unusual at that time. Nobody was doing demos like that, and I just knew I had to work with them. And we just got to be really good friends. And um, over over time, at some point, he's like, you know, I I really have some 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 I ideas for uh, a looper that I think would, you know, would, I think people would enjoy basically. And, and, uh, but that's not my engineering specialty. Um, So we had to found another collaborator. And uh, so there's this guy named Mark Steele from, uh, he, his company is called Three Degrees Audio. And he, he's got a lot of, um, he, he's got a lot of experience and expertise that I knew he would be able to make a looper happen. But the problem was it was really hard to get work, to get on the same page if we weren't all together. So we ended up doing these little like work trips a lot that were super stressful, but they're super fun. So we went to, and it was, it was a lot of times it would be kind of like paired up with some other, uh, some other reason to be somewhere or a little trade show or something like that. So we, we, uh, did these little work sessions and we were working on it all the time, but we would get so much done if we were together for like four or five days, you know? Gotcha. And then a month after that was like, okay, let's get together again. And then, you know, we would. Uh, we would all get together, and um, I think looking back, that those as stressful as it was sometimes because uh, Nobs wanted to do like you know in his mind, uh, there's you know no limit to things. Um, he and he's super creative and and so I, I was like I wanted to make all of his dreams come true but sometimes it was you know you'd run into some sort of hardware limitation that it's like man we we just like literally can't do this you know and he and and there's just like a lot of like working through stuff like that because um, we, we really wanted to make a, a cool pedal, uh, and and not have to make any compromises or sacrifices. But ultimately, you do run into things sometimes where it's like, man, like if we're gonna do all this stuff, like we can't make the max looping time twenty minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, well, you know, especially with how uh, extensive you can push the limits on on the chase bliss pedals like i can imagine you're like all right we got to draw the line somewhere here um <laughs> uh, do you yeah. get do you get a lot of like messages on instagram or like emails of people being like i got a design and it's gonna <laughs> blow your mind <laughs> yeah constantly i actually made a, <laughs> kind of a joke about it uh a couple of weeks ago um on instagram and <laughs> Uh, there was a couple of people who had written me that day, like four or five people that day. And that's where I was like, man, this is crazy. 
uh, and so I just like made a joke about it, and then they're like, "Oh, sorry, bro." <laughs> Did they just comment sad faces down below? <laughs> but they got the message. Right? Yeah, they got the message. But there's just so many ideas that I have, or not that you know, because we we work, we're we're doing more work together. Where you know, to be able to honestly be able to entertain people's people's ideas is just not really feasible, you know, because there's so much stuff we want to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But hear me out on this. No. <laughs> um, is there any super secret Chase Bliss projects in the work you can tell us about? Um, I can't really say anything, but we are working on, like, it's crazy. You're working on like four things right now. Well, let me count on my desk. One, two, three, four. Okay. Yeah. Do you have well, like actual prototypes? Well, there's the three of us, and I'll test two of them. So if you want to just send them on over, <laughs> we'll help you test though, some things out. The thing is, though, if I sent them to you right now, they you would be like, "These fucking suck," because they do, and but they won't. <laughs> you know, if it makes just, a weird not, sound, it doesn't suck. Yeah. 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 You may, yeah, I might be able to get some uh, some sounds up, but yeah, they're still very much. We're, we're, in a weird, we're actually in a cool spot. It's not a weird, well, it's a weird and cool spot. Whereas before, when the company was a bit younger, like we, I had to release new stuff pretty regularly just to keep things alive and healthy. But now, you know, the back order that we have is, is quite large. So, so there is less urgency. And so it's kind of nice because uh, there's less anxiety and stress and can kind of take our time and make sure um make sure everything's right and the process is a bit more enjoyable from uh you know a mental health standpoint so i do have a question um okay a lot of people ask like songwriters like what comes first the lyrics or the 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 music yep for you, like, do you have a sound that you want to produce or do you have like a circuit design that you want to like make and then find out what kind of sound it makes? It really depends on the pedal. I think, um, when, when I'm, you know, we've done so many collaborations now, but I'm, when I'm working alone, often it is just tinkering around with an idea, not really an exact sound in your head. And, um, and seeing what happens. And then if something's cool, you're like, Oh, we definitely want to use that in pedal. But if, you know, sometimes we get in this as actually going back to the blooper development stuff. Um, there were lots of things that knobs thought were going to be great. And then once we would implement it, you would, you'd play with it for like 30 seconds. And you're like, Oh, you know what? Actually it doesn't work. You know, it seemed like a cool idea, but, and then you'd know it right away once you played with it. So I think there's there's a place for each approach. If, if you have a sound in your head that you're trying to nail, you know, that's one thing. But then also kind of approaching things with an open mind and if something unexpectedly cool happens, then, you know, you kind of chase that and see where that leads you probably a lot like songwriting for you know a lot of people i would think but i know everyone kind of approaches those things differently right yeah and 
Well, speaking of kind of uh, with pedals again, uh, is there anything about the pedal industry that surprised you when you actually started to work in the actual industry? Um, well, that's interesting because, you know, I, when I started at ZVEX, uh, I didn't have tons of awareness of the industry as a whole. It wasn't until I started my own thing where I started to kind of meet other companies. I mean, I knew a few other ones, but um, it's very supportive. Uh and um people are friendly and so that's cool um and and i I think it was a little surprising in a way because you don't really expect things to be like that um yeah i mean a lot of people are just really cool and nice when it comes to guitar pedals and maybe that's just the nature of the industry is there's it's kind of like when we when everyone does well everyone does well you know, because more people are into guitar pedals and, you know, they just, just kind of helps everybody. Yeah. And there's, there's flavors of every different, you know, fuzz or reverb or anything. Everyone's got, you know, different variations, I think. So it's like, there's, there's enough to go around for, you know, I know guitarists with five different fuzzes on their board, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think when we watched the uh, pedal movie, I thought that was kind of one of the coolest things about the industry was like how collaborative everyone is. And then, um, of course you worked with Robert Keeley, which is like behind your stuff, probably my second favorite pedal builder out there right now. So that one's on the list for me to, to find somewhere as well. But, and it's interesting too, because there's very, very few industries that are as collaborative or as close knit really. Cause you look at anything else, like even the guitar manufacturers, like they're, they're at war with each other, really, you know? Like their copywriting designs, yeah. like, you know, God forbid they have this certain size of a pickup or the certain Al- Alnico magnets, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And like there's all, you know, certain designs and different trademark issues and, and, you know, larger companies potentially moving smaller ones and stuff like that. And, and, uh, you really don't see that in the guitar pedal industry for whatever reason. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of nice because it's just like it's kind of a breath of fresh air, too, because, you know, there's everyone tries to keep their own design in certain industries. And I mean, I come from like a marketing consultant world and it's very cutthroat. You know, we want everyone's business and all that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of nice to see like a business that's has a different practice than most. Yeah. And I think, you know, deep down, too, it's like everyone, everyone does want to be the best kind of, you know, but it's just a little bit more reasonable and, and friendly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it, like I said, it's just great to see. Um, but kind of like a, like a side note, like, I mean, if have you ever been to the NAMM show or participate in any of those events? Yeah. So we, um, the, well, not last year, of course, but the yeah. previous, I want to say like five years, um, uh, yeah, we did it for five years, but actually I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. <laughs> um, but, but I did, uh, it was like very, it was, it was very positive, I think for our company. I just don't know how worth it is. It is anymore, you know? Yeah. Cause I was going to ask, what's it like preparing for one? Cause you know, with us being the consumer end of, all of that, um, you know, all these YouTube channels and guitar shops, they all have like the NAM, you know, review and like this whole marketing ploy that we all get and watch on YouTube and stuff. So it's just kind of interesting what it's like preparing for a NAM show. Um, cause we just see the after effects, all the cool stuff coming out. 
it, it's a ton of work and it's very expensive. Um, and uh, the, the, I I kind of loved uh, and still do I think um, uh, like the theater of Nam where you there's lots of you know different prototypes being unveiled. Although I think it happens less and less, and maybe that's why I'm a little bit less interested in it. So it's kind of like show and tell, you know. So I, it would motivate me extremely where I'd work really hard to get something to show uh, at NAM. But the problem for me is that often I would get into a situation, well, almost every time. Uh, I'm trying to think of the time where it didn't happen. Where I, I, what it, like the pro, Whatever prototype I had wasn't really ready to show. So I was like trying to get it, you know, pretty much ready. But man it was so stressful because uh, in some cases like pedals would stop working and, you know, you'd have to, you know, you'd have maybe three prototypes and you're, you're like, well, why did it stop working? But you can't, you got to clear that out of your mind and you just got to like put on a smile and put out the next working prototype and hope that it survives the show. And then, you know, you're kind of talking to people the whole time, which I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. Well, not kind of, I'm an introvert. Um, and, and so you, talking to people all day is kind of brutal. And, and at some point I think I just realized that, um, there's a lot of stuff I like about it and there's a lot of stuff I don't like about it. Um, it'll be interesting now this next year when we aren't there, I'm still going to go just like walk around a bit and hang out. Yeah, but we're not going to exhibiting, and well, I I don't know. Maybe we'll see if I get that homo, and then you know we'll come back. But I'm not sure. I don't think I don't think we will. But we'll see. Yeah, because I mean, I can I can understand the pressure of like you have to blow people's mind every year. Like if you're going to show up, you know, a lot of the big brands they just somehow find a way and push something out there that's this big shiny new thing. Um, you know, I love that. You know, I love thinking. It and I love kind of putting that pressure on myself in a way, but but yeah, it's definitely no fun having things that barely work on the show floor. And then someone would come by, you know, it'd be like a big YouTube channel. And you're just like, you know, and like, oh, I hope this thing doesn't have some sort of catastrophic error, you know? Yeah, and he's got you know eight hundred thousand subscribers or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But speaking of your prototypes that you know don't always work out, I was uh, I was watching one of your. Uh, Actually, one of Paul David's videos about the preamp oh. and too, and you mentioned oh, something about pouring beer in one that you you test them every way you can. So, have you poured beer in a in a Chase Bliss pedal yet and tested it? Um, well, I'm I'm, I'm I have enough evidence that pouring liquid into the automaton does break him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's confirmed. We, yeah, we've had a few of them come back. Elton, only uh, really a shockingly small amount, maybe like three or something, where someone will say, "Hey, I spilled, you know, whatever drink in it, and you know, the motors, one of the motors stopped working or something, or it's making a nasty, unpleasant sound." Um, so yeah, uh, so don't do I, that. So don't I, pour beer. I don't advise got it. Liquid into any electronics that you don't want to break, basically. <laughs> what about putting plants in them? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's different. 
Um, <laughs> That's just our, eco-friendly. Our, <laughs> yeah. I think our pedals that don't have sliders that just have the knobs, I think probably would just be fine with um, most, you know, getting built on because there's not really any place for the liquid to go, I don't think. So speaking of the motors and the preamps, are the, are the motors the biggest issues you usually have? You know, we really haven't had issues with them, um, uh, which has been great. I, I expected them to, to be not quite as robust, even though we did just test the shit out of them. Right. You know, because I didn't... Oh, man, everybody, when I told them my you know idea, what I wanted to do, I everyone told me not to do it. Uh, but I just really wanted Honestly, one of the coolest things ever. <laughs> the first time I saw one, I was just like, I don't care how much it is. I need to find one. But also, like, everyone telling you not to do something kind of makes you want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Because like, oh, it kind of makes you reinforce yeah. the own idea. You're like, no, like this can be something. Like, I'm going to show you, you know? Yeah, the one that sticks out the most, I think, was there. Uh, we have a, a distributor in Europe, and they have a service department. And, um, and they they had heard that we were working on this, and they were did not want to deal with it. And this guy wrote me this long email, and I could just like picture him when I was like, you know, just like fucking know it all, like, you know, telling uh, you know they've done this shit forever and they know everything, and I I just like no tolerance for that. <laughs> so yeah. You proved him wrong. Uh, I hope that guy's not listening to the podcast, but um, <laughs> if he is, hey, you were wrong, sir. <laughs> I hope he hears this. Yeah, and I don't even think they've had to repair any of them there, so whatever. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm curious, uh, just from a gear nerd perspective, uh, like, so the pedals all being in like similar enclosures, or I think they're, you know, close to being exactly the same with the normal pedals, obviously not the, uh, automaton series. Like, was that by design or did it just kind of happen that way? Cause, um, to me, the first thing that that reminded me of when I, you know, you look at the lineup as a whole was kind of like the success boss had and being like, here's all of our different pedals, but they're different colors for different things, you know, but the, the yeah. same design kind of, um, very iconic to knowing like that's what's on the board, you know? Yeah, that was mostly an accident that that worked out so well. Well, I think mostly because, you know, it's obviously definitely intentional, but um, I was actually worried that people wouldn't respond to that. They'd be like, oh, there's just, this, just the same thing, you know? But I think it's becoming more and more um, of a thing because what's so nice about it is that you you have many of the same parts, you know, so you can, you can order parts. You can realistically predict, you know, how many knobs or, or, uh, or, uh, stock switches or quarter inch jets that you're going to use. And then it's easier to source the parts. Um, and it just makes manufacturing so easy. It makes designing pedals easier because it's like you have this, you have this canvas, but it, it, it has limitations, you know, but you have six knobs and you have, you know, four three-way toggles and then 16 switches. So you can do, if you can't, 
Yeah, that, that's it, you know. <laughs> if you can't get your idea across with like that many options, then maybe it's not a great idea. So, and and so that I, I think that that that's helped me a lot because I, uh, yeah, I um, sometimes those limitations can really can really spark creativity too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I don't know. If I, yeah, but yeah, I just really, I'm really drawn to platform. So you know, now that the Atomatone, you know, we got that platform ironed out for the most part. Um, and, you know, everything will be like slightly different. Um, um, be, you know, uh, depending on if it's a mono pedal or stereo or whatever. But um, but now that we have that platform, then it's like the ideas start flowing out. It's like, oh, we could do this with that, or we could do that. And then it's just really fun because you don't you don't have to worry about, you know, sending some CAD file to, you know, to make sure that all the holes are in the right spot and then they screw up and, and you got to go back and forth. It's like, no, it's just solid. This is what we do for every pedal. It works. Everything is, you know, everything's... It just makes your life easier. Yeah, it just barely fits, but it fits, and you know, <laughs> yeah, um, make yeah. it fit. Close, right. close enough. <laughs> well, I think that's part yeah. of the the coolness of it too, though. Is is like I said with like the boss pedals. Is it's like you could see that across the room and be like, oh, that dude's got a boss on his board. And it's like I feel the same way about like the Chase Blisses. It's like you could see the enclosure and the knob layout and everything, and you're like, does that dude have a Chase Bliss on his board? <laughs> I gotta, gotta go talk to him after the show. <laughs> <laughs> And I was totally oblivious to why that's positive when I made that decision. But you said you were in marketing, right? Uh, Mike um, is, for, yeah. Yeah, I Yeah, I am. So, so, yeah, someone that was the smart marketing person at some point a few years ago explained to me why it's such a good thing that, like, you don't even need, if you didn't have your logo on your pedal, it wouldn't matter because the layout, that's your brand. And I was like, whoa, okay. And he's like, that's really good. <laughs> you know, and then now if, 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 if other pedal companies use a similar layout, you know, someone might comment, oh, that looks like a Chase Bliss pedal, which You're is right. funny. I saw one this week, and I'm like, we're oh, not, like not going to put the, uh, no, not. the manufacturer on blast, because I'm sure you know who we're talking about. But I saw <laughs> one, I'm like, oh, that's a Chase. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Like, yeah. It looks exactly the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then, that's kind of nice marketing in a way too, though, because then then people are talking about Chase Bliss stuff when you know your first thought is Chase Bliss, and then yeah. you're like, oh no, that's not, and then you're disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, like, and then you're disappointed. That's the that best whole, marketing possible. It's that whole thing too, where people are like, oh, I have a Coke, and that's just associated with pop. Yeah, and you're like, well, when you mean Pepsi, you're like, oh, I don't know, I just sure, I, I just yeah. like Coke, you know, just generic. But if you're asking yeah. for a Coke and they give you a Pepsi, you're disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that was another thing I got really lucky about. I didn't, I didn't know that that was um, that that was smart. You know, I just did it because it made sense for you know manufacturing and design. In the, in the great words of uh, Bob Ross, "This is a happy accident." <laughs> happy little accident. <laughs> happy little accident. Happy little accident. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any um, plans? And this was a question. Um, a buddy of mine is a big fan of. Uh, your, your work, obviously, and, you know, pedals in general, but he uh, was curious if you guys have any plans to do, like, 
alternate like colorways on the pedals or anything like that? You know, it's just, the thing is, it's just hard to do that. Well, it's not hard. It's just extra work. And since we don't need to right now necessarily, like maybe, maybe if we're like, oh shit, we need to like drum up some sales. You know, let's let's do some limited colorways, but it's actually kind of hard to to get that organized because to do anytime you're doing limited quantities of anything, it's just it's just harder, you know. Yeah, that it's, makes it's sense. Like, yeah. So so um. Well, then the other thing is, man, we get a lot of heat about limited shit. Like whatever it is, people like it's it, it, you know it's a great problem to have, and I'm sure it'll change, and we won't be as fortunate at some sometime in the future, but. But it's like, man, people like this stuff sells out in five minutes and people get really mad. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, people get mad, but it's, it again adds to kind of like that. It's a unicorn kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you got to be on there right when they drop it at noon. And if you don't click on it three yeah. seconds after they release it, you're not getting one, you know? Yeah. And I think that, um, that there is, I think part of that is, uh, um, I kind of lost my train of thought, but, uh, well, well, okay. Yeah. So, so the other side of the coin though, is if you do that too, if you, if you're doing limited colorways all the time, then it's just kind of, I don't know. Not as special. It's cool, but yeah. It's, it takes away from the coolness. Yeah. I would probably do it if it was easy, but I also spend a lot of time trying to figure out the what colors look interesting you know together so i feel like it might kind of drive me crazy if if i had i wouldn't be able to make that many decisions i think i'd have to have someone else do it (laughs) yeah that's that's totally understandable that's why i make mike work on stuff for our like social media and everything i'm like i'm like yeah anything you know he's the marketing guy so he's got a deal with that <laughs> it's just like here mike make this appeal to everyone yeah <laughs> exactly sure that's, that's what mike does so mike can do that yeah exactly <laughs> <Not hard ball. laughs> um yeah but i think that's uh that's all the questions we got for you Awesome. This was very fun. I really want to meet you guys someday. We'd love to meet you. Yeah, we'd love Especially. to as well. Yeah, if, sure. if you're heading out to Chicago, you uh, you got my number now, so give yeah. me a call and we'll, uh, we'll all hang out, man. Yeah, and if we end up heading out to Minneapolis, I mean... Like, well, yeah, I was say, we, have, uh, we used to have this really um, lame shop uh, out, out a bit, um, and we just moved to Minneapolis and we have this really cool space. Now we're still kind of setting things up, but it's starting to really come together. And, um, that's right. I um, did see I think, that series yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. I think part of it is like everyone was working from home for so long that it's just so nice to, you know, come to a place and see people and work together. And also a new um, fresh area as well. Yeah. And one that's like closer to where everyone lives. Cause, um, uh, I think every one of my employees lives in either Minneapolis or St. Paul, so it's just nicer for them not to have to drive out of the city. They can like ride their bike or do whatever. Yeah, makes, for sure. Makes everyone. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, seriously, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day and uh, giving us a call. We're we're huge fans of your work, so it's it's super cool for us to get to talk to you and uh, kind of pick your brain on music and how you do what you do. So we really appreciate it. 
thanks guys. Super fun. I, I, uh, I, and I just appreciate that you, that you share and are interested because it's still, it still kind of blows my mind that, 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 well, not kind of, it blows my mind that, that Chase Bliss is where it is right now. So hopefully I don't fuck it up. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. You're heading in the right direction on yeah. all on all fronts. Thanks, guys. All right, Joel. Uh, take it easy, man. Have a good night. Thanks. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you again. Bye.